Growing a small business has never been easy. So, how can we build our companies and shortcut the learning curve? By getting advice from the people who've done it before. Everything you need to grow your business is right here. I'm Simon Lader. Welcome to the conference room. Good afternoon and welcome to the conference room. I'm joined by Michael Yasny. Now, Michael has specialised in alternative financing since 1990. He founded an alternative financing advisory business in 2012, focusing on small business financial solutions and business plan advisory, targeting new venture growth and financially distressed companies. Michael's experience with alternative financing for small and medium-sized businesses has been even more valuable during the COVID-19 pandemic. His expertise and negotiating skills has helped a number of businesses deal with their landlords, lenders, suppliers, and so on. And I'm absolutely delighted that Michael's come into the conference room to tell us all about it. Michael, good afternoon, and welcome to the conference room. Thank you for having me, Simon. It's a genuine, genuine pleasure. So every hero has an origin story and you're the hero of our story. So tell me, how did you get into the whole alternative financing world? I had another business, although I had learned about the factoring business through my father, who said he thought it would be a great idea to go into this industry, look into it, because what's better than selling money? So I went and I met this individual and we spoke every couple of weeks for about a year because I was in another business. But all of a sudden, in one week, I got turned down from being on the Home Shopping Network in Toronto, as well as not going into a mall selling my product all in the same week. And that day, immediately, I called up this individual and I started my career in the factoring business. So how different is factoring to financing or maybe in a slightly different context? For people that don't know, and I suggest I'm probably one of them, what is alternative financing? Alternative financing is every kind of financing a business can, can entertain for their business that is not including a bank line of credit. So it can be a lease, it can be factoring, it can be purchase order financing, it can be secondary loans, it can be mortgages, anything to do with lending, but it does not incorporate a line of credit from a bank. So that's out there that for financing for a business. Right. Okay. So we're talking about ways that businesses can raise either working capital or capital to well, like, take them to the next level or whatever it is, not necessarily just going and asking for a line of credit, an overdraft or something like that from their bank. Right. Basically, it's financing. Financing and money are two different things. Financing is the ability to receive credit and funds against assets that you have where money is cash, where a loan is cash and you do what you want with it and you just take it and you have arrangements to pay it back. So what I do is I provide financing that can be made up of a whole bunch of different ways to get financing for a business. So to help them grow, to start moving forward. Right. Okay. So what sort of challenges do you see your clients having before they've entertained alternative methods of financing? I would say that in 98% of the cases, everybody thinks they can go to the bank because they have a good idea. They have an order from a big company and they can go borrow the money. And that's not correct. And here's something to save everybody a lot of time and effort. If you do not have hard security, 
You're wasting your time going to a bank when you've just started your business. They're not interested in lending you any money. It doesn't matter what business you have. They're only interested in security and providing financing against security. So do not expect the bank to lend you money just because you've got a large order from Home Depot, but you've never been in business before. They don't care. Right. Okay. So I would imagine then that your primary clients are typically clients that make something as opposed to like the services. No, they're both. They're service. So they can be agency that generally the best way to finance their business is with factoring. Right. Then be in the manufacturing business. My clients are generally B2B. So it can be any kind of business that's B2B. I do very little business in the B2C area. So it's really B2B. They can be in any industry. And it's just at that point, we look at the industry, we look what they need for financing. And I create a direction of where that financing is going to come today, as well as putting them in a position to get different financing down the road as they grow. So that's very important not to be cut off taking one financing that will prevent you from getting a different financing as your business is growing. Right. Okay. So what are the different options that are available? And what would you say are the relative merits or challenges of the options that are out there? Okay. So let's talk about factoring in principle, because it's an easy way for a new business to get financing that's pretty well unlimited. And it's all based on who that company is going to do business with. So you could be a business, a printer that's been in business for 20 years, and you've been doing small jobs for small accounting firms, law firms, paint stores, and a factory company is not going to help you. But you're a business that just got a contract from a large company. Fortune 1000, for example. Right, Fortune 1000. You get a job for $500,000 and you deliver it, but you need the money to pay other people. The factoring company will buy that right away, even though you started the business on Tuesday and delivered on Friday. They will finance it because of who you did business with. Let's take it another step because that doesn't always happen. But sometimes you do get a large order. You're brand new in business. And let's say it's a print job and you got a job from Exxon for a half a million dollar print job. Well, you don't have the equipment to print it, but you can go to a printer that will do it for you. You show them the order. They say, terrific, we'll do it. It's $300,000 we're going to charge you. You're going to make $200,000 in your first order and you've been in business for two days. Except the, the printer goes, we need 50% up front and 50% COD because we're not prepared to give you any credit. All you have is bus fare in your pocket. How are you going to do a $300,000 job? You're not. So you would go to a company that does purchase order finance. And that purchase order financing company will go and arrange credit with the printer. And now what happens is the printer will do the job. They will deliver the job to Exxon. Not to you, right to Exxon. And now they'll be owed to $300,000. Normally, people they give credit to, they give 30 or 60 days credit. But the people financing, the purchase order financing company, and then the factoring company, because factoring is involved, because the factoring company is going to buy the Exxon receivable and pay off the purchase order finance company who paid the printer. Now what's happened? A client that's brand new in business, that has no money in their pocket, just delivered a half a million dollar job to Exxon. The printer who turned down the credit got to do a $300,000 order. The purchase order finance company made a fee by putting out the money, lending their credit. The factoring company bought the receivable and now everybody's happy. And now and the client made $200,000 less fees with no money in their pocket in their first week of business. All because they had the opportunity to sell to a large corporation. Now, other financing that are available to new company are leases. People don't know about leasing their car but you lease equipment for your business. Not all the time will a leasing company give a brand new company a full 100% lease. You know, credit, you just haven't been in business that long. So here's an example that I give when I teach about different financing. An individual's got a large contract for a big company, but they need a new piece of equipment. 
Equipment's $150,000. They find the piece of equipment. The manufacturers wants to sell the equipment because that's their business, but they don't provide finance. But they do have a relationship with the leasing company and they give the name to the client to go to the leasing company. The leasing company looks at the deal and says, I'm sorry, you're too new in business. And we're not prepared to give you $150,000 worth of credit. So that owner of the business goes to their mortgage broker and says, I need a second mortgage. And this mortgage broker goes through all the paperwork and does everything, comes back and says, I can only give you $50,000. Now, what happens there is normally nobody does anything. The mortgage broker doesn't get a commission from doing a mortgage. The leasing company doesn't do a lease. The manufacturer doesn't sell. The owner of the business doesn't get the equipment he needs to fulfill the job. And I say, well, hold on a second. Let's create a scenario that works for everybody. The owner is prepared to risk the equity in their house for $50,000. Let's go back to the leasing company and say, here's a $50,000 down payment against the equipment. You're now only going to make a 65% loan to value on a brand new piece of equipment. When you see the contract this client has, it's a big, large contract. They're going to do the work to get the piece of equipment. Now the leasing company says, okay, we're going to give a 65% loan to value on a good piece of equipment for $150,000. Now everybody's a winner. The manufacturer sells a piece of equipment. The leasing company gets a lease, but only 65% loan to value. The mortgage broker does a mortgage. The client is happy because they now have the equipment and he can now start doing his work on the large contract. And the broker who organized this gets a commission different places for arranging all that financing. So that's what alternative and creative financing is all about. Coming up with a solution to make things work. That's what I do. So what would you say the primary pitfalls when it comes to entering in this world? Because I've got a pretty good head for numbers, but kind of keeping track of all these different variables, it sounds like it would be quite complex. And I would imagine there are quite a few pitfalls people can end up running into. Pitfalls that people start comparing what a bank charges to what alternative financing companies charge. Right. Can't because they can't get bank financing. If they could get bank financing, they've never made a call to an alternative finance. Right. So to look at is how much money can I make? What is going to be left at the end of the day if I get this financing? Now, what's going to be left at the end of the day? It's not just profit, but a growing business, more clients, more people believing in you, building up a bottom line. And in a year or two or three, you're able to go into a bank because now you have something. So you're building something. So what I tell people, it's none of your business how much people pay for your product. It's only how much money you make in order to stay in business. It's the same thing here. It's not how much money you pay for the financing. It's how much money you earn by using that financing. Again, when I teach, I've shown people how 3% a month, it's 36% interest. It's cheaper than a bank charging you 3% a year. How's that? Well, the difference is how much money do you make? A bank has limits. Okay? A factoring company has no limits other than the credit worthiness of your clients. So if I can take the money every week and turn it every single week for nine straight weeks, I've made nine sales. I'm doing one sale a week. If I have bank financing and I've exhausted my line of credit after two sales and the bank says, well, when you get paid in 60 days, you'll have money again. I've only made two sales. The bank may have charged me for that financing three or $400. And the factoring company might've charged me $50,000. But the factoring company, I made a quarter of a million dollars and I have nine happy clients the bank, I only paid $500 in financing and I made $60,000, $70,000, but all my other clients won't come back to me because I couldn't deliver. Now, who is less expensive? The bank charging $500 or the factoring company charging $50,000? It was the factoring company because they allowed me to earn a quarter of a million dollars and bring into my business nine happy clients. Now I'm in a position, I have money in my pocket. I don't need the factoring company for the next deal or the next two deals. The third deal I'll factor 
And this is how I build my business. Also, what I do is I eliminate what most new businesses have spend their time on. And that's 50% of their time is spent on worrying about money. Where am I going to get the money to pay the rent? Where am I going to get money to pay the payroll? How am I going to pay my suppliers? I have to get in. The check didn't come in yet. My clients won't pay me fast enough. Now I'm stuck. They're spending 50% of the time worrying about money instead of using that 50% to build more business. When you use alternative financing that meets your cash flow needs, all you're doing is selling. All you're doing is manufacturing and delivering, keeping your clients happy and making money. So I guess ultimately what we're talking about is that fundamentally, whether it's factoring or alternative financing, whatever the vehicle is all about allowing cash flow to accelerate. Would you say that's a fair thing to say? You're stretching out your limited cash flow. When you take a lease, when I get sometimes brand new clients coming to me, everybody they deal with from landlords, suppliers, everybody has their hands out because they don't want to give any credit. And I show those clients how they can stretch their cash flow out, take that 100000 and turn it into a 200000 in credit, where we make down payments on leases, where we do make, we arrange factoring, we arrange purchase order financing. We stretch that business by being creative. That's great. So how can people work with you then, Michael? I'm sure there are also people that are listening to this that are thinking, great, now this is exactly the kind of thing I need to be working with. How can people work with you? Well, what happens generally is I have an initial discussion with them about their business, learn a little bit about their business, learn about who they're selling to now or doing business with now, who they want to do business with, and what is preventing them from doing business with those companies. Now we have a discussion on how to move forward. And if there's a way to move forward, we do. And I work with them, and sometimes they're paying me a fee, and sometimes I'm getting paid from the lenders, or it's a combination of both. But we create a roadmap to grow the business with different financing, and we eliminate the bank. So basically, my clients are coming to me when the bank says no to them. And now I'm going to show you that doesn't matter to your business. That's a function of cost. But if we do things properly, the costs are straightforward and simple, and you will make money. You just have to understand what's available to you and how you can benefit from it by being able to deliver the product or services your clients are depending on time and the way they've asked for them. And if that happens, you're going to get paid. And if you're going to get paid, there are lenders that will help you move forward. Okay, great stuff. Fantastic. So what would you say within your sphere of speciality, what top three tips would you give to somebody that's entering this world for the first time? First thing is make sure you have experience in your business. I can't tell you how many people come to me and they have no experience really in their business. Just because you know how to cook doesn't mean you can all run a restaurant. You need experience. Just because you graduate as a lawyer doesn't mean you can be a lawyer. You just have a license to be a lawyer. So have experience. Go out and get the experience. If you want to open up a restaurant, go work for a restaurant because what they're going to do is going to pay you to go to school to learn about the restaurant business. So I want you to have experience. I want you to understand the business. You need to really understand all about the business. So you need to put together what I call a team. And that is a lawyer. That is a business accountant. And that's different than somebody who just does your personal taxes. Same thing with the lawyer. It should be a commercial lawyer. And the third person is a business broker who can help you with the finance. That is your team. That's who you need to start your business. Do not put off hiring those people to be part of your team. Because if you do, and down the road, you get into trouble, the costs of getting you out of trouble are 10 times what it costs you to prevent the problem from starting. So those are two things. Now, never give up. Believe in yourself and know that money is available if you have the right idea and the right experience. Just keep going forward, ask questions, and never give up. Great. What's next for you and for your business? What's next for me and my business? 
Well, part of my business is to help other companies actually set up financing for their business. So companies that are looking to set up financing ends of their business. So I've done that now. I'm now in the second one I'm doing now. I've just finished writing a book. It's still got to go to the final editing. So I'll be putting that out to help companies move forward with their business. And basically the title is, so you want to start your own business. Do you really know what you're doing? Do you really know what business is all about? And that's what the premises about the book is about. So it'll be about different areas of business, describing factoring and other lending tools, mortgages and that. But it also gives a lot of stories to help you understand what factoring is and how other people have used it to grow their business. So those are the things that I'm working on now. And hopefully with a lot more podcasts that I will find more clients that may need my service and be able to help them grow their business quicker, easier and more profitably. And if anyone's listening to this who wants to reach out and work with you, Michael, how can they do that? They can contact me at michael at moneyconsultantsplural.ca. They can visit my website, moneyconsultants.ca. And that's how they can find me. That's how we can have a discussion. No charge for having a discussion and call consultation with regard to your business and how to move forward. Remembering today may not be the day to start your business. But get your business ready to start. Put everything in place because you have one opportunity to start your business. Don't start it until you're ready. Get everything in place. Make sure your financing is in place. Make sure your lawyer is in place to protect you. I can't tell you how many people get into trouble signing their name, personally guaranteeing things that they get into trouble with because all of a sudden maybe their business didn't work out or work out the way they wanted. And now they have this big obligation, like a five-year lease on a property that they're renting for their business. Put those things in place. Understand what you're going to do. Even if you do a business plan, a business plan shows everybody how much you know or how much you still need to learn. Including yourself. Including myself. Right. And then also remember this about a business plan. You've never seen a business plan. I certainly haven't. That's ever lost money. So a business plan is a guideline. It's a big plan is really just to tell everybody how you're going to move forward and what part of the business you really understand and what you may really need help with. So put it in place. It's very important to have that there. It helps your accountant can help you. Your business broker can help you put that together. But it really shows a lot about who you are and how professional you are. And that's the same thing as a business that may get into a little trouble. When you have a lawyer and you have an accountant, you have a business broker behind you, your creditors, if you've got into trouble now with your business because of COVID, you show how professional you are and how these people are helping you there, that when you present a plan to your creditors moving forward, and it's not to pay them back in 30 days, it may be to pay them back in a year or two, but how they'll work with you and keep on supplying you the services that they do. While you work on your business to help pay them back, they need you to stay in business because they've already lost other clients. They need you to stay in business to pay them the money you owe you. So if you have the right team behind you, they'll work with you. This is really, really good advice. Michael, thank you so much for coming into the conference room. Yeah, I've learned an awful lot. To be perfectly honest, I knew very, very little about alternative financing until you and I spoke initially. I'm really grateful that you've come in and explained how it works, options that are available to people, and how, whether it's in an economy like we've had over the last couple of years, it's been a bit challenging, or hopefully in uh, brighter years to come, people can still utilize this to really grow their businesses. Michael Yasny, thank you so much for coming to the conference room. Thank you. It's been my pleasure to be here. Thank you. Coming up next week on the conference room, I'll be talking to world-renowned marketing expert and published author, Vince Warnock. 
that's where I go in with a concept called a code red protocol. And that really is about stop, let's test every assumption that you have about your offer, your audience, and your message. I discovered when dealing with entrepreneurs that this is actually something we should be doing in a constant state. We should always be testing the assumptions that we have around various different aspects of our business. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure you visit our website, theconferenceroompodcast.com, where you can find all the show notes, plus links to the resources mentioned during the podcast. If you enjoyed listening to this, make sure you subscribe so that you're always the first to know when each episode is released. Also, please take the time to review the podcast so the more people who want to grow their businesses can find us. To talk about this or any other podcast or in fact anything business related whatsoever, find me on Twitter at Simon Lader or you can find me by searching for Simon Lader or Silesia Academy on Facebook or on LinkedIn. I'm always open to a conversation. Thanks for listening to the conference room. Until next time, keep talking.